Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact in the places of greatest need in our world. Happy New Year. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Brian. I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa, and I'm here with Mike and Michelle Tessendorf, the co-founders of Orchard. Hi, everyone. I hope your year has started well. Mm, happy New Year. Good to be with you again. Well, this is uh, the fourth year of the podcast. Just before we hit record, we were talking about how we can't believe that, that we've been having this conversation now, starting our fourth year, and time flies. Mm. It does, but it's been a wonderful conversation. Mm. Yeah. And thank you to all those who've been listening for four years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, starting a new year, uh, we're in Arizona today, and it's... 28 degrees. Uh, it was 28 degrees when we woke up. It's cold. Uh, from an Arizona standpoint, it's really cold. <laughs> um, but we've wrapped up the holiday season and uh, kicking off a new year. And one, one of the movies that I love to watch during the holidays is one maybe you've seen. Um, uh, it's called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And it's this whole story of a man trying to get home to his family on Thanksgiving, and he runs into every kind of travel problem known to man and <laughs> ends up with a travel traveling partner who's just really frustrating to be with. Well, it ends up being this endearing story at the end. But there's this moment in this story where uh, the two characters are driving down the road in this kind of beat-up rental car that they found, and... It's the middle of the night, and they're barreling down the road, and um, they're on a divided highway, and so cars go in the opposite direction the other way, and so normally, and they're driving down the road, and they look across the median to the other side of the highway, and there's someone driving the same direction that they're going. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the family in that car, uh, if you remember this moment in the movie, they're looking out the window and, and saying, uh, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they got turned around. They didn't know they were actually going the wrong direction on the highway, and the family's trying to save them. You're going the wrong way. And then there's this line in the movie where they look at each other like, I don't know what their problem is. They have no idea where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they make faces at them and keep driving. But, uh, I mean, they were barreling down the road in the wrong direction and had no idea, no concept that uh, they were going the opposite way that they yeah. should have gone. Convinced that they were going the right way. Oh, convinced. Yeah. Arrogantly convinced that they were in the right and that other car other trying to help them. don't was, know where yeah. they're going. I think that's a good uh, kind of setup for the conversation that we're going to have today about um, how often... God's kingdom is completely opposite of the normal everyday way that we mm -hmm. might we might do life or yeah. the kind of the earthly mindset uh, of how we do life. And we're going to jump into uh, for this year. We're going to be looking at the Sermon on the Mount Yay. and greatest sermon ever told. And we're going to start right at the beginning with uh, Matthew 5. And yeah. So, Mike, why don't you kick us off? 
Yeah, so the Sermon on the Mount starts off with what we've become familiar with as the Beatitudes, and it begins in verse 1 of chapter 5 through to verse 12, and I'm going to read those 12 verses, starting in verse 1. It says, Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For, though they, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's quite a list of blessed. <laughs> and, is. you know, the, the Beatitudes being a Latin word that means or comes from those first two words, blessed are. Blessed are, there's the blessed are. And the Beatitudes are not teachings on how to be blessed. That long list uh, sometimes we think are instructions to do something. Mm. And the Beatitudes are not instructions to do anything. They do not indicate conditions that are especially pleasing to God or good for human beings. They are not indications of who are on top, because we think that so often. Oh, well, you know, if I want to be on top, I have to be the meek. Mm -hmm. Blessed are the meek, and everybody else is forsaken. Um, the Beatitudes is not this list of almost like the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, mm. blessed are, then here are all the people that are blessed. They're not, it's not that. They're not commands, but they're illustrations of the blessing of living under God's rule and in his kingdom. Mm. And that's what we want to talk about today is this blessing that comes from living and uh, driving down the correct mm. path mm. Uh, and not go barreling down the wrong side of the freeway, which we collectively do. You know, in our culture, we swept up in what the world looks like. We swept up in the ways that the world operates. Mm. And we oftentimes, even as Christ followers, go barreling down this road mm. uh, on the wrong way. And the ways of the kingdom are so very, very different mm. to the ways of the world. And we want to talk about that. Mm. And how does that affect us personally? How does that affect our families? And how does that affect the ministries that we lead and the work that we call to? Mm. When we recognize that we're barreling down the wrong side of the freeway and we need to go over to the other side, mm. what does that look like? Mm. Jesus was so countercultural in his day that his, the culture was going. 70 miles an hour down the road a certain direction and he mm -hmm. was saying well that's not really where you find contentment and mm. peace and purpose and 
live out what you have been made for. And it's amazing that that's still countercultural today. Mm-hmm. And I think in every culture, uh, Jesus speaks to a, a different way. And it's sort of an upside down kingdom or a, a backwards kingdom according to the way we normally operate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, um, it's almost like following the kingdom way or doing things God way is, as you said, countercultural. It's like swimming upstream. You know, it's it's not a contradiction of that illustration of making sure you're driving on the right side of the road. But uh, Jesus ends these um, twelve verses with talking about persecution, and I understand that persecution takes many forms, and it's in some ways it's really harsh and 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 cruel. But I, I like one person who just put a modern twist on this um, verse about persecution. He said, blessed are those who will push through some suffering and bear a little shame in order to pursue the kingdom of God on earth. Um, in a sense, that's the upstream swim. Mm. It's not always easy. And sometimes people are going to shame us, mm. ridicule us. <clears throat> but he does end by saying, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's going on the right side of the road. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. right. And sometimes it's swimming upstream, even in what might typically be the Christian mindset. Yes. And sometimes we get uh, mono-focused on what Jesus came to do was to make sure that we had a ticket to eternity. Mm. And certainly eternal life with him is a part of the gospel, but it's only part of that. And I love a quote from Dallas Willard who talks about sort of the both end of that. He says, the gospel is less about how to get into the kingdom of heaven after you die and more about how to live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. Mm. That's a great quote. Yeah. So powerful. You know, it's... I didn't know of that quote. Michelle and I only learned about Dallas Willard some years down the road after we started doing what we do in the early days of Orchard Africa. But that concept was one of the driving motivations that spurred us to um, start the ministry that we did, where uh, the cry of so many people who were in disadvantaged and impoverished um, critical situations Mm. was we hear the gospel week after week after week and we we, we knew so many pastors that were so focused on evangelizing making sure people get that ticket to heaven and so you know week after week after week there'd be an evangelistic sermon but the people who were listening to that sermon were not as concerned about getting into heaven, but how am I going to make it through the next day? Mm. And that's kind of one of the, the, the cries that we try to respond to is, how do you as a church, how do you as a Christian leader, how can we empower you as a Christian leader to not only make sure that people are going to heaven, but that you're doing something to help them live before they get to heaven? Mm. And, you know, it's not a case of, um, well, it doesn't matter if you're going through hell on earth as long as you get to heaven when you die. No, mm-hmm. God said my will be done on earth. And we wanted to see mm-hmm. that. And I think maybe sometimes we forget that Jesus's, the crux of Jesus' message was that the kingdom of God is available to us now. 
Mm. It's not the kingdom of God will one day be available to us. Mm. He said the kingdom of God has come. Mm. And so we live with this tension that the kingdom of God has come, and yes, it's still coming. The the fullness of it is still coming, Mm. but right now, the fullness of the kingdom of God is available to us. Right. And that is the message, I think, of uh, the Beatitudes, is there's a fullness of God's kingdom available to us despite our circumstances. Despite the fact that I'm in mourning, and literally I am, uh, my sister passed away, I think I spoke about that um, in the previous podcast maybe, and she was my person other than mm. my husband and my family my direct family she was my person so i'm in mourning but despite that mourning mm. there is this kingdom of god that's available to me that brings me peace that still allows me to live in joy i have not completely lost myself in mourning but see the joy of my sister being with jesus and knowing that and so there's this kingdom that is available to us every day in our troubles Uh, mike you talk about the people that we started this ministry for every day in the circumstances in which they find themselves every day those pastors who are ministering in some of the hardest places of this world have the fullness of the kingdom of god available to them today Not well, you suffer through this earth and this world, and then one day everything will be fine. No, right now, those who are poor in spirit have the kingdom of God available to them, and as a result of that, respond differently mm. and live differently in this world before we die. Mm. I do think it's interesting that Jesus started this blessed are with. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, and the outcome of that is, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, I believe God's principles work no matter what and no matter who. But there is something about inheriting the kingdom, both now and in eternity. There is something about living in God's kingdom now and in eternity. And I really, in, in the light of everything that Jesus preached, even before the sermon, it was about the kingdom and entering the kingdom and inheriting the kingdom. Mm. And so somewhere there is this cry of Jesus is, people, I want you to inherit the kingdom. Mm. And, to and this is how it starts. In the kingdom. By being poor in spirit. By, uh, before there can be a fullness, there must be an emptiness. And the emptiness is recognition of that emptiness. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting as you talk about how those mindsets, the principles that he talks about, they're they're beneficial for here and now, not just things that we should know before we get ready to go to heaven, so we can <laughs> live all those out then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that. Uh, no matter who you are, these uh, blessed R's are relevant to you, even if you don't yet know Jesus. Yes. That uh, these are transformational principles of life, like gravity. Yes. That 
once they take hold in the community, it, it changes people's lives. And some, you might be able to stumble upon some of these and say, you know, I heard that somewhere. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And they talked about humility is actually the way to true fulfillment. And you, you could mm, happen upon that. And we've seen that, I think, throughout the world, that Jesus's teachings here in on this hillside with the, what was kind of a ragtag group of third string kinds of people that they didn't think anyone was going to do anything in that group now has these sound bites are all over the world mm. and and then when you discover the fullness of life with Christ you discover how all these are connected into a transformation that God wants mm. to do in us and so the kingdom mm. you can kind of stumble upon it uh, not even know it and see it at work and see somebody who's um a person of humility, even yet they're early on in their faith practice, and discover then uh, in your own life uh, with walking with Christ and knowing Him that it's a transformational thing. And how these these principles of the kingdom form us um, every day. We are being formed one way or another, and uh, if we embrace the way of the world, we're going to be formed like mm. the world. But if we embrace the way of the kingdom, then we will be formed according to the kingdom um, and those principles. I was thinking about just the whole Sermon of the Mount. And in reading scripture, I think it's very important and healthy for us to immerse ourselves in what's happening at the time, to imagine that we're right there and to observe what's going on um, and not just read the words. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> I think of Jesus um, walking up the side of the mountain to get a little bit elevated and the crowds that have been following him. Prior to that, the scripture talks about all the people that he had healed and these people that were following him and the crowds, the multitudes that always followed him because he was a healer and a teacher and they wanted to be there. So now he's up on the hill and his disciples come and sit down next to him and... um, interesting the way of rabbis would sit down and teach their disciples as opposed to pastors who stand up nowadays <laughs> kind of wondering why well, a lot of pastors sit nowadays <laughs> oh nowadays we've got a little stool on the, i forgot about the little stool but um so he sits down with his disciples and the multitude are sitting down and he starts teaching. And we know that Jesus was a practical teacher and a practical man, and he, he embraced the people around him and he included them in the way he spoke. And when you read the Sermon on the Mount, sometimes it all seems so disjointed and like, what the heck is this? Does somebody just take a mismatch mm. of all kinds of things and put them together? But when you think about the setting, I believe that Jesus in saying blessed, for example, let's go back to the blessed are those who mourn. He knew sitting in the crowd maybe was somebody that he had touched previously, somebody who was mourning, somebody whose uh, loved one had passed away and maybe he had ministered to that person. And in teaching, he would point to them and say, blessed are those who mourn. Or... Mm -hmm. um, he points to them and shows that within the sadness he teaches, 
They find the love and the comfort of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And so he's being practical in his teaching as we sit and we look at this Mm. scenario playing out where we see that Jesus did that before. He will use the people around him as illustrations and of the kingdom of God at all times. And so the Beatitudes, I believe in my mind when I imagine that scene, that all those people that he mentioned, he had met them. And the crowds knew about them, and he would point to them and say, oh, you know, Mm. uh, John over here Mm. had this issue, and he's now transformed by the kingdom, and he lives differently. Mm. And people go, yeah, we've noticed that John is a very different person. Mm. What happened Mm. to him? Mm. How come he's not wearing sackcloth and ashes and completely lost himself, but is still joyful and peaceful? within his circumstances and I imagine that little scene where Jesus is um, saying these blessed are's it's not the list of commandments that he had written down somewhere and decided okay here are my you know spiritual sayings for the day <laughs> no 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 he was looking around him and drawing people out and saying the you know he's a practical man and illustrating it's like a show and tell, if I'm not mistaken. That's what um, Dallas Willard said. Let me just find that quote. He said, this is what Dallas Willard said. I believe he used the method of show and tell to make clear the extent to which the kingdom is on hand to us. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes is about the kingdom of God that is at hand and available to us that transforms the way we respond to life circumstances. They're not a list of who's great in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that it, part of the show and tell was uh, encompassing this idea that I'm going to show you that there's a kingdom way and then there's another way. Mm. And the kingdom way is different to the other way. Yes. And to me, the big idea of the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount at large mm. is... God's way is very different Mm. to the world's way. Yes, I agree with you because I believe the multitudes heard something radically different than what the Pharisees or the scribes or anyone else was saying to them. Mm. That Sermon of the Mount was such a radical sermon, um, very different. And so we know that oftentimes the Pharisees and the Sadducees would say, you blessed, blessed are the rich because that's the evidence of God's blessing in yeah. your life. Or if somebody in your family is sick, well, now you've lost God's blessing in some way. And Jesus was countering all of that. Uh, blessed are all the Pharisees because they know so much about the scripture and they can quote it and they... But Jesus were going, blessed are those who are humble and poor in spirit. So it was a very radical teaching and very contrary to what they'd heard before. Mm. And it was something that unified the Christ community. Whether you had much or had little, you just could see there was something different about Mm -hmm. them. Even though the multitudes were many around uh, Jesus, who had great and desperate need. There was also those like uh, Joseph of Arimathea and who saw Jesus and though had much, 
something was different in the way that he approached even the material things that yes. he had. And so the kingdom is open to people not based on outward mm. material things or status or um, but it's about an inward mindset about what what we think about life when we think about the kingdom one of the things i i've heard about the kingdom of god is that um, the kingdom is what life looks like when god's in charge yeah the kingdom is what life and community and relationships look like when god's the king of yes. our life and our community and right. um, our world and and you start to see glimpses of the kingdom of God when people allow their lives to be ruled yes, by when, these teachings. And yes, I agree. When we, we live according to the kingdom, we react and we respond differently. And we respond differently to the world. Uh, for example, we don't use anger or manipulation to get what we want. That's the way of the world. Or uh, we don't we cultivate righteousness in our life and we don't uh, cultivate lust or sensuality, which is the way of the world. Um, we live our lives radically different mm. um, when we're in the kingdom. And maybe one of the litmus, litmus tests is that if we're running our ministry or our life uh, and it looks very similar to the way the world is, there might be an indication that we're not allowing the fullness of the kingdom of God to lead and guide us. Mm. And as we enter into a year and we think ahead of what our ministry looks like, um, are we grasping to become more popular, to be bigger, to be recognized by all the right places and all the right people? Or are we being meek and... Uh, different They're not different for the sake of being different but are we responding differently to the world mm. or are we going to all the worldly conferences to learn how to be great instead of looking to the kingdom and the teachings of jesus on how to be great mm. yeah you mentioned the the word meek which is uh, one of the blessed are uh, mm -hmm. that blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, I would imagine that to many of the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day, that was totally back to front. Yes. Because when you read their story, the, the religious leader story, it was about praying the loudest and about giving the most and about being visible and having all the best people come to your dinners. Mm. Right. And so Jesus says, blessed are the meek. That's Totally back to front. Very back to front for even the culture, the Roman culture of the day right. in which they were living, where being meek was was weak. Don't you dare be mm. meek. You have to mm. be this strong, powerful Roman citizen. But, I mean, what about today? Mm -hmm. If you want to get ahead today, the, the common culture is where you've got to like push and strive and sometimes even scheme. If you want to get to the top, you've got to be domineering and aggressive and... Uh, you know, f climb the ladder mm. in order to, 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 to get to the top and to establish your little kingdom. And Jesus says, no, it's, it's, it's backward. If you're going to inherit the earth, it starts with being meek. 
And I love uh, one translation said, being meek means to be content with just who you are. I mean, <laughs> how backward mm. is that? Everything mm. in our world, uh, all the advertising the, mm. that you see, the commercial world is you are not good enough the way you are. You need this, you've got to do this, you've got to have this, you need to be there. And, and he says, if you're content with who you are. And how refreshing it is to be with someone who's just content with who they are, not in the sense of diminishing themselves, mm. but they're not in that striving place mm. or trying to impress or trying to climb. Mm. It's just mm. a refreshing kind of person to be around mm. when they're just When you're content. with them, they're not mm. name-dropping, mm. they're not telling you mm. all the great things they've accomplished. Yeah. And um, just, this is who I am. We're honest, we're transparent about who we are, what we've achieved, what we haven't. Um, there's a, a a realness about us, a, a willingness to just be who I am mm. and not put up a f- face of who I think I ought to be and, and show that to the world. And I don't think we're saying we don't want to develop, we don't want to become better. No, of, of course, course we not. Do. Mm. We do. We definitely. Mm. But we want to develop according to the ways of the kingdom and not mm. according to the ways of this world. Mm. And we should be striving to look for mentors in the kingdom of God, uh, people that I want to be like that person. Mm. Let me listen to what they have to say. And I think we should be striving to be those kind of people that others come to and say, could you teach me? Uh, could you mentor me? How mm. do I get to be this way? And it's entirely through the, the principles of the kingdom mm. of God. Mm. Um, well, this one in particular, I think meek is a little bit confusing sometimes. Yeah. Creates all kinds of <laughs> images. I mean, if, if you're listening, you probably have an image right now of what a meek person looks like. But if you just switch that around and say being content with who I am, mm-hmm. uh, that's totally different. And all of us can be that mm-hmm. if we try. Mm. Another one that is a bit controversial it's hard to do right now is when jesus says blessed are the peacemakers oh come on brian (laughs) (laughs) the peacemakers (laughs) yes i love that it's actually to be a peacemaker is countercultural right now yeah because everyone is positioning to Mm. try to win Mm. win from a opinion standpoint or a political standpoint or um, even you know, from the the small sphere of a family relationship or a, uh, with your spouse to a large kind of political party kind of situation, mm. and to be someone who moves towards other people who disagree with them, uh, who may be on a different have a different political approach or come from a different denomination. Uh, even within the Christian church, uh, mm. there's a, a lot more um, dividing than, than we ought to have. And so being a peacemaker, I, I think um, it's, a, it's a courageous thing to do to move towards bringing people together mm. as opposed to polarizing and pushing people apart. Right, and I agree with you. In today's age, it seems to be all the more difficult to do that. And it, it's sad because as Christians, we should be peacemakers. We should be striving for 
the, the, the bringing of different uh, thoughts and uh, different opinions and different viewpoints, bringing them together and being willing to listen to them and look at them and see them. And even if we disagree, to still be in peace with that person or those people or that group. And that um, it reminds me of a few decades ago in South Africa, um, Nelson Mandela and President de Klerk uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize jointly because they jointly were seeking peace in South Africa. Um, de Klerk was president of the apartheid government and uh, the apartheid government, the word apartheid, apartheid means separateness. They did everything to keep the different races separate. Um, and he was president at the time. And yet he reached out to Nelson Mandela, who was his opposite in political thought and political stance. And together they negotiated peace for South Africa that was on its way to civil war. Mm. And one of the things that I've uh, been quite fascinated about with President Clark, he was president at the time, he knew that if he continued down that road of peace, he would lose his presidency to Nelson Mandela. And yet he chose to continue down that road, no matter what he lost for the sake of peace in South Africa. Mm. And I wonder as Christians, how often are we willing to do that? How willing are we to lose our presidency, our platform, our whatever it mm -hmm. is, mm. knowing that if we, if we seek peace with somebody else, I might lose that, but I will gain peace Mm. for the greater good and for what is today a new South Africa. And a and multicultural nation of people seeking reconciliation instead of revenge. Exactly. And Nelson Mandela did become president after that. Mm. And I want to read to you just a little portion of his speech on the day, he, his presidency. He said, never... Never and never again shall it be that this beautiful land will again experience the oppression of one by another. Mm. Together they were seeking peace. One lost the presidency, but that's what he gained, that never and never and never again in this beautiful land and South Africa is. The people of South Africa are so diverse, so many different um, cultures, but we have a country where there is not oppression of one by the other written in our laws that might happen on a personal level in life, but n it is not written within our laws like it did during the apartheid government where that was written within the laws. Mm. And sometimes um, the way to peace means we lose something but we gain something much, much greater. That's Absolutely. the beauty of Jesus' upside-down kingdom. Yes. Uh, it really is a different way to travel down the highway mm. to say I'm going to sacrifice gonna... my position, my power, my influence for the sake of people 
for the sake of others that may be very different than me. And that upside down kingdom is something, frankly, today we need a lot more of mm-hmm. in a lot more places. And here in the United States, as we start 2024 and it's an election year and we all are trying not to even think about it or talk about it, we know <laughs> that there's a there's a real challenge of, in front of us to stay united with people, our neighbors, with others. And uh, I think the process itself will probably try to even further polarize and divide. And the kingdom Jesus describes here is one that says, uh, I'm going to do something very different. Mm -hmm. I'm going to travel down the road very differently. And uh, it's an upside down kind of kingdom where instead of power and position, we're going to serve and speak and see people. And, and I challenge us to be those kinds of people and to be that kind of church. Especially the church. Um, if, 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 if we are the light of the world, if we are that lamp that is set on a stand for all to see and to be benefit from the light, surely more than anybody else, mm. it, it is on our shoulders. It, it, it behooves us, if that's the right word, to be people who choose to be meek when we could be something else. We could or, be aggressive, yes. or, or choose to hunger and thirst after righteousness rather than uh, selfish gain and, and, and climbing over the backs of others. Uh, to be merciful and to be peacemakers. If we can't get it together, yeah, then that light is hidden. Mm-hmm. Right. We are the light of the world church, people of God. It's upon us more than anybody else to embrace the blessed ours. Right. And as we start this year, as individuals, as families, and as ministries, I think we should do exactly that and remember that our world needs us as Christians to behave like Christians <laughs> and to operate that's not, by that's the kingdom thought. of God. <laughs> nope. It's not that difficult, people. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> Let's... Uh, operate by the kingdom mm. of God's principles. Mm. Amen. Good, good thought. Mm. Well, have a great start to the year. Uh, we're going to land right there, and uh, we look forward to lots of conversations with you over the course of the next uh, many months as we go through this great sermon. So Bye. with that, have a great uh, rest of your month, and thanks for listening in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.